0: Crying, and uh, good, great song. But so Miss Lynn, I thought he was losing his hearing because they said choir, you can go down, and Randy's the only one sitting up there. in the choir, I thought, what? Oh, yeah, he's probably singing. And uh, you didn't, you didn't get, you don't get to hear what I hear up here. Okay, I get to hear all the stuff that y'all don't hear. And Forrest is up here. It was awesome. I, I, I'll remember it forever. He's singing up here, and you know, he's singing the parts for the people to hear. So he's singing the really really low parts. He doesn't sing low, but he's singing the really really low parts. And then he sings his normal part. And then, and then he started singing the ladies part. I thought I was going to die. I was trying to keep it in the whole time. I mean, he is singing like a high. I, I do it, but I don't want you to cry anymore. And a real high squealing voice. And uh, so, uh, been good uh, music this morning. And so, I'm certainly thankful uh, for that, and uh, thankful for. Uh, just the goodness of the Lord, and uh, you know, in times of in times of hardship, times of struggle, uh, aren't you glad we have the Lord? And uh, He makes all the difference uh, in our lives. We're gonna look at Second Chronicles uh, chapter number twenty. Second Chronicles chapter number twenty, and um, I want to I want to preach a, a, a message or a series of messages on the subject of our responsibility um, with the blessings that God blesses us with. Uh, I know things can be difficult. I know things can be hard. I know things can be unfair. Uh, I know that there are giants in the land. I know that there are walls that are insurmountable. I know that uh, things crumble down around us. I know that When something happens, be prepared because it probably happens in threes. I know all these things. Uh, I know them because they're part of life. I know them because uh, God tells us about them. This idea, and I don't know where we ever got it. I I, I, I remain confused uh, where we came up with the idea that once we got saved, we would never have any more problems again. That's not biblical. You won't find that in the Bible. And um, matter of fact, uh, the Bible says that when we got saved and trusted Christ as our Savior, we got a new enemy. So now, if you think the devil is thrilled that you're saved, you're mistaken. He's not thrilled that you're saved, and he's angry that you're saved, and uh, he's angry if you have a desire to to serve God or to do something for God or to get on fire for God. Because if you do, and you end up getting on fire for God, and you begin to tell people about Jesus, His kingdom gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I say His kingdom, but I want you to understand this truth that sometimes we get confused. When when the devil gets cast into the lake of fire... He is not going to be the ruler of hell. A lot of people believe that. A lot of people think that. And sometimes you even hear that that preached. No, hell was created for the devil. It was created for the fallen angels. And they will go there to suffer forever and forever and forever. He's not the ruler of hell. He is going to suffer forever. In hell, uh, along with those that, that don't trust Christ as their personal Savior. But God never intended hell to be for a human being. It is His desire, it is His will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That does not mean that everybody's going to be saved. That's not what that means. What it does mean is that God has provided a way, God has provided the way for you to be saved and for you to have a relationship with Him so that you can go and spend eternity with Him in heaven instead of spending the eternity in hell. There, there is no in-between. There is no other place. Annihilation is not biblical. Reincarnation is not biblical. Universalism is not biblical. We've got to find our truth. We've got to find out what God says from His Word, not what some guy says from a pulpit or what some guy writes in a book. We need to understand that God said, and He said it exclusively, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, thus is what Jesus said, but by me. Jesus said, I am that way. I am the way. He didn't say I am a way. He didn't say there were alternate ways or there were other ways. He said I am the way. And we've got to understand, we say it all the time, don't we, when it comes to the Word of God. Either all of the Word of God is the Word of God or none of the Word of God is the Word of God. You don't get to pick and choose. Well, I don't believe that Bible verse. Why don't you believe that Bible verse? Well, because I don't believe it's true. Well, then... How do you know anything else is true? Either God's Bible is true or it's not. We believe it's true. So if it's true, then Jesus himself said, I am the way. That means all other ways are taken off the table. They don't need to be discussed. They don't need to be prayed over. They don't need to be voted on. No, Jesus said, I am the way. And so he's the way and he has provided a way in those of us that are saved. Can I say to you this morning, if you're not saved, I know this much. I-, I know this much about the Bible. It is God's desire that you have a relationship with Him. That's why He came and bled and died upon the cross. That's why He was buried. That's why He rose the third day. That's why He's at the right hand of the Father right now. He's at the right hand of the Father. Watch this. The Bible says interceding on your behalf. Because He desires for you to be saved. He desires to have a relationship with you. So He has provided the way. You see this idea. This, you've heard it before. Maybe you've even said it before. I don't serve a God that would send anybody to hell. I'm here to tell you. Uh, me neither. You know why? Because God has provided the way. If you go to hell, it's because you decide to. You decide to reject Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and that's not God's fault. That's your fault. You know, I don't know about you. I don't know everybody's testimony in here, but I didn't get saved the first time I heard the gospel. I didn't get saved the second, the third, the fourth, the 300th time. You know what I was doing? I was playing a game of Russian roulette because I didn't tell you right now, at any point, I could have went out into eternity. And once you go out into eternity, let me tell you something, church: it's too late. It's too late. Do you remember when Noah built a boat? Remember that story? We talk about it. You know, we talk about it all the time. We teach it in Sunday school. We'd, and he built this boat. Right? And after he built this boat, he's, he warned everybody preached and preached and preached and warned them and said there's rain coming and by the way if you did not know this no rain had fallen before this point so they all said listen noah you are nuts you're crazy outside of your mind anybody tell you that before i mean as a christian you try to tell them about the grace of god you try to tell them that jesus died for you listen you're a fanatic and you're a weirdo I don't, listen, I don't want anything to do with you. That's what they did to Noah. And they turned his back on him. And then guess what happened? It started raining. And not only did water come from the sky, but water came from beneath. And people started panicking. Oh, my goodness. Guess what happened? Noah closed the door. Wrong. God closed the door. And you know what God said? It's too late. And that's a lesson he's trying to teach there in that sense. No one didn't close the door. You know why? Because no one would have left it open as long as he could. And God said, you had your opportunity. You had your chance. And he closed the door. Eight people, folks. I don't know how many people were in the world at that time. But eight. there were more than eight. Eight people lived. And everybody else drowned in the flood. Wow. But it was not... The choice of noah and it wasn't the choice of god it was the choice of the individual so don't ever forget that we have a choice god has given us a free will we don't believe in hyper calvinism where god picks some for salvation and picks some for damnation we don't believe that we believe god has given us a free will to decide to choose and he wants you to choose salvation He wants you to choose to be saved. And when you're saved and know Christ is your Savior, let me tell you what you are. You are blessed. Sometimes it's hard to see it. Sometimes we dig ourselves in a hole and it's hard to remember. Sometimes we get our eyes focused on the problem. I'm here to tell you when when, when, when Peter looked at Jesus coming on the water, and Peter said, if it's really you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. And what did Peter do? He stepped out of the water. You know what Peter was? He was blessed. I mean, he kept his eyes focused on Jesus. He was walking on top of the water. I don't know if you've tried that lately. It doesn't work real good. You generally sink. And he's walking on this water, this miracle that's happening, and he was fine. Until he got his eyes off the Lord. You know what we are? We're fine. We're blessed until we get our eyes off the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, it's easy to do. We all, we all do it from time to time. It's like Elijah. I pick on Elijah a lot. I pick on Elijah because he likes to, I, 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 I like to say we pick our juniper tree, right? What did Elijah do? Elijah started feeling sorry for himself. I'm the only one. Elijah, you're not the only one. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that cares. I'm the only one that loves God. I'm the only one that bad things happen to. Elijah, by the way, Elijah, the man of God. Elijah, the prophet of God. Elijah, the miracle worker. Elijah, the one that called fire from heaven. And not only consumed the sacrifice, but listen to what the Bible says. It licked up the water. Usually, water puts out fire. It licked up the water. I mean, I'm talking about Elijah. But what happened? Do you remember what happened? It was a woman. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you straight. That's what it was. He stood up against the king. He, he put his finger in the king's face. I mean, he told the king straight to, until she came along. And then he beat feet. I mean, he got out of there quick, and he was running, and he was scared, and he was, and then all of a sudden, oh, woe is me. And he found himself a juniper tree and had the saddest party that you can have. It's called the pity party. I promise you, you're not the only one going through what you're going through. You're not the only one that's ever, this, you, you realize, right, that there is nothing new under the sun? There are things that are tough. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not tough. There are things that are unfair. I'm not saying they're not unfair. I'm just telling you there is nothing new under the sun. And we all face problems. We all face circumstances. And if you're not careful, you'll get your eyes off of God and you'll get them on the circumstances. And I'm telling you, it doesn't end well. Now, as a human being, right, I can only look One place at a time. If I'm looking over here, I have a really hard time looking over there. Now, I can kind of move my eyeballs over there, maybe grab a mirror and look over there. But if I want to look over there, what do I got to do? I got to turn my head or turn my body to look over this way. And I'm here to tell you, God says, look at me. Look at me. And if you're not looking at God, you're looking at something else. You may be looking at yourself. You may be looking at your problems. You may be looking at the church. You may be looking at leadership. You may, I don't know what you're looking at, but if you're not looking at God, you're going to begin to sink just like Peter did. And I'll tell you, what do we need to do? We need to do it. I know I'm going through a lot of, a lot of Bible stories, but you know what we need to do? We need to do what the prodigal son did, and we need to come to ourselves. And realize, let me tell you something, this is ridiculous. You ever said that to yourself? You ever look in the mirror and talk to yourself? They say it's fine as long as you don't answer yourself. If you answer yourself, then you might need to get help. But if you're talking to yourself, so you ever talk to yourself and say, hey, look, 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 you're being ridiculous. You ever tell your kids that? Enough's enough. You know what I've had to say in in my household through the years with two girls? the drama. Drama, drama, drama. Afterwards, Emma will say, Dad, drama. I mean, enough enough. I've had, have you ever said this? I've had it up to here. What does that mean? That means I've got this much more before I'm drowning. That's what that means. I've, got, I've had it up to here. Sometimes we say we had it up to here. Way above our head. You know what I think sometimes? I don't think that this actually happens. But I, I think about it sometimes when I think about God. And I think about God looking down at us and I think about Him going, I've had it up to here. Enough is enough. Stop being a crybaby. Other people are facing the problem too. I am with you. I am walking with you. I am talking with you. Elijah, get up. You know what God did? You know what i um, you know how much God cares for people? You know how much God cares for Elijah? He, he, sent, a, he sent a bird to feed him. He, he, he woke him up and talked to him. He said, Elijah, it's going to be okay. Just focus on me. There are others that are serving. There are others that, are, that, that care. Sometimes, listen to me, it's so easy to forget that we really are blessed. There are people, I, I just, it absolutely breaks my heart for these Afghan people. These people that have, that have trusted Christ as their Savior. There's some over there that have been saved. There are some over there who the United States of America said, listen to me, if you'll stick with us, we'll stick with you. Makes me want to throw up. Disgusts me. All that's been going on. And my heart breaks for them. They're in a situation that you'll never be in. Prayerfully, that we'll never be in. And they're stuck and they can't go. You know, sometimes you think to yourself, you know what? It's bad. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm out of here. You ever done that? I, I, I'm going. Sometimes we even, we even move states. But I'm telling you something, they can't go anywhere, they're stuck. And if you're not careful, I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you'll get stuck. You'll get stuck in this hole that you have dug for yourself. You know what that hole becomes? It just comes nothing but a grave. And we get stuck down in this hole, and we forget you need to come to yourself. You know what the prodigal son said? (laughs) I love it. He said, what in the world am I thinking? This is the Joe Springer loose interpretation. He said, I, what am I thinking? I'd be better off as a servant in my father's house. He didn't go back with arrogance. He didn't go back with pride. No, he went back saying, you know what? I'll go back and be a servant in my father's house. I'll be better off as a servant than, than, than to be living with the pigs than to be living the way I'm living right now. Have you ever done a self-evaluation? Have you ever said, how am I living? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Have you ever looked in the mirror before and said, wait a minute. What are you doing? Why are you living this way? It's time to turn it around. It's time to realize that we are a blessed people. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. All right, now now for the sermon. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. In verse number 20, listen to what he says. <clears throat> and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness to Tochoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And we had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Amon, and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. They didn't go out to fight them. They went to praising God, singing praises, glorifying God, and God took care of the enemy. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But I promise you it's not too much for God. It don't matter if it's Amon, if it's Moab, if it's Mount Seir. It doesn't matter what the enemy looks like or how big the enemy is. You remember when the children of Israel uh, got to uh, look and spy into the promised land and they saw the promised land and Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, there are, there are giants in the land and there are insurmountable walls and there are, there are things that we can't take care of. It. But let me tell you something, God can whoop them. I mean, God can take it. God said, it's our land, let's go in and take it. And yet, you know, yet you got the majority. So often the majority gets it wrong. You see, you think the majority always gets it right. You're mistaken. Reread your Bible. The majority was often wrong. And in this case, 10 of them said, no, and Joshua and Caleb are telling you the truth. I mean, they're giants, and these guys are huge. I mean, these walls are enormous. I mean, the amount of people, there's no way we can do it. You know what my, you know what my Hebrew teacher said? You want to you take something? You want to take something that'll drive you insane? Take a course on the on Hebrew, not the book of Hebrews, the language Hebrews, the language Hebrew. And I took that course, and because I was glutton for punishment, I took that course. And I said to my to my uh, to my professor, uh, Dr. Cash, I said, Dr. Cash, listen to me, I'm done. I can't do it. I can't. It's squiggly lines. It looks like holographics. You read it backwards. I said, what? Well, Listen, I have the Bible in English. Why do I need to know Hebrew? I can't do it. You know what he said? And I'll never forget it. It has been so many years ago. He looked at me in the face. He said, good. You're right where you need to be. <laughs> I, just, no, I can't quit now. No, I've got to suffer through the, through the course because you know what? You can't do it. You can't do it on your own. Those problems are too big. That grief is too much. I mean, when these things pile down on top of you, I'm here to tell you, they will sink you down. What do you got to do? Peter told us what we need to do. We need to cast our care upon Him because He cares for us. Take that weight off. God never expected you to carry that weight around. He wants you to release that weight. He can take care of it far better than we can. Look down with me in verse 26. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka. Watch this. For there they blessed the Lord. For there they blessed the Lord. Baraka meaning blessing. He, they were literally in the valley of blessings. And I find it interesting, and this is really uh, the, the entire uh, theme of the messages I'm going to preach, it's not the valley of blessing necessarily that God is blessing us. Because God is blessing us. What do we say all the time about America? God bless America. God bless America. When is the last time America has done anything for God? That's what I wonder often. I mean... You remember when something bad happens, when something big hits, and you see up and down the roads, you see these signs that say, God bless America, and, and all these things. But then when that's not happening, man, we want God out of everything. We want, I'm out of government, we want to take down the Ten Commandments, we want to take a, a prayer out of school, we want to take everything that has to do with God out. But then when something happens, all of a sudden, God, God bless America, God, God bless us. When let me tell you something. When's the last time you blessed God? I mean, when God is looking down at us, when is the last time you've done anything for God that God says, Wow, what a blessing. Yo, know, we say all the time when we whenever the end comes, we want to hear those words Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I really wonder, I honestly do. I really wonder how many people will actually hear those words. Because if you think that every single saved individual when they die are going to hear those words, you're mistaken. You, those words are designated for those that have well done, done, well, done well. For those that, when Paul said, I, I, I run a good run, I, I finished my course, I, I kept the faith. I kept the faith. So often we start well. So often we... Get off the, we get off the gun on, on our race, and we, and we, and we shoot at it and we do well. But somewhere along the way, we lose stamina. We lose willpower. We forget. I remember I got saved. When I was saved, I, I was saved in the military. I was in the Navy. I'd been on a ship for three years. A uh, guided missile frigate, very small ship. You could fit four of them on the flight deck. Uh, of a nuclear aircraft carrier that's how small our ship was and our job was to protect the aircraft carrier uh with anti-submarine warfare that was our job um we 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 chased jordan around that's what, that's what that was our job he was in the sub and we were the ones trying to shoot, trying to shoot shoot the sub and so um we we, we would protect the we protect the submarine so we're small small group of people i'll tell you something i've told you a million times and I'll tell you a million more, I was a mean cuss. I mean, I was just, I was just mean all the time, all the time. Then I got saved. The oh, Lord changed me. By the way, if you got saved, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a, he's a new creature. Those old things, they're passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you got saved and there wasn't a change, you, you better do a self-evaluation. Now, I'm not saying everybody changes the same way. I'm just telling you, there's a change. There's certainly a change in the way we think. There's a change in the way we talk. There's a change in the way we walk. And after I got saved, man, I'm telling you something. A weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I am not kidding you. I would have charged hell with a squirt gun. I mean, I was ready. I told everybody I came into contact with. They all thought I lost my mind. They thought somebody had taken over my body. They thought that something, I mean, they were about—they were ready to commit me. Literally. Something's off with Springer. In the military, they use your last name. Something's off with him. So you know what they did? I mean, the last year I was in the military, that was one of the hardest years as a, as a born-again Christian that I've ever done. Because I had all these guys, and the whole time, the only thing they try to do is to get me to do wrong. Get me to say the wrong thing. Get me to do the wrong thing. Get me to go to the wrong place. I mean, they were constantly, Oh, he'll get by this. Oh, he'll get over this. I've had people uh, tell me that through the years. Oh, this, this, is just a phase he's going through. Praise God! I'm so glad that I ain't got over it yet. And I'd go up to people, man. I'd tell. I mean, I tell the. I tell the, the the biggest guy I saw. I tell him what happened to me. That Lord Jesus saved me. And I, I mean, I just I would just tell him anything. Well. Somewhere down the road, I don't know when it happens, but somewhere down the road, after we get saved a little while, we begin to get a little timid. We begin to start talking like, well, you know, religion's kind of a private thing, and we don't need to go. And I remember when I was working at Regency Baptist. Some of you met Brother Ralph. He came up one time and did a... Did a um, a conference for us and he's he's just he never meets a stranger and he's li- I mean just as loud as they come and he'll come up to you and talk to you like he has known you since you were a child I mean that's just the way he is and uh he we'd go down to St. Augustine we we're pretty close to St. Augustine and we'd go down to St. Augustine and we'd go down there's a big section if you've never been down there big historical section where you can't drive a car can't drive a vehicle. You just walk around, and we go down there at least once a year, and we pass out tracks, and we go to the you know and wait for people to come out of the stores, and we just we go hand out tracks. Well, Kyle was little, I mean little little at that time, and and I took him with me one time, and and uh, we were out there passing out tracks, and I gave him his little his little handful, and I had my handful. We were passing them out, telling people about Christ. Well, out from. One of the stores walks this biggest, meanest biker dude I've ever seen in my life. You've seen some of them. I mean, they—they they look like they twist your head off. I mean, they. Do, and he come out of there. He had the jacket on. It was like only the jacket. You know, there's like nothing else on. And he. I mean, he had these these flaps on his legs. And he and he come out with this big scowl on his face. And I looked. And I was. Across the road, across the little way, and I looked over and thought, "Yeah, he's probably already saved." And so I just, <laughs> so so I. This is what I'm thinking in my brain. And so so I turn around, and when I turn back around, here's Kyle going across the way, going. I'm like, no, 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 no! <laughs> he's gonna kill you. You know, I didn't say that off, but I was like, and and the guy reached out. I'm talking. You talk about one of the nicest guys. He reaches down and gets it and says, "Thanks, little buddy," and he's. Pat Kyle on the head and, and took that track and put it in his pocket. A lot of them threw the track on the ground or threw it, threw it in the trash. But, I, but I'm going to tell you, it was so convicting to me. Here I am on staff at a church, and I'm looking at this guy thinking to myself, <laughs> that's, that's pretty intimidating. Do you know if God be before you, nobody can be against you? Do you know you never have to be ashamed you know why? Because you're blessed. You know what? They may reject you. They may shut the door in your face. They may call you names. They may laugh at you. But that's okay. That's alright because if God before us, then it doesn't matter who's against us. And if we're pleasing God, it doesn't matter who's displeased. That's, a, that's the bottom line. But you can please everybody in this world and it won't matter a bit if you displease God. We need to realize that we are blessed. And if we are blessed, with that blessing comes responsibility. And really, that's the message we haven't even got into yet. But the responsibility that we have as a blessed people. Do you realize people are looking at you? I hope you know that. If you're in school, people are watching you. If you're at work, people are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. People at church are watching you. You know, the children in our church, they're watching. It blows my mind to talk to kids. The kids are so blunt. I mean, they're just so blunt. You can fake everybody out, but you, it's hard to fake a kid. It really is. You want to know a, a parent for real? Go ask your children. When we were at Open Bible, we were there for seven years. Our kids were little when we were there. And, and, I, and I would tell my kids, I said, all right, listen, after church, everybody's here by me. Listen, they I mean, people would come up to him and, 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 and say, nah, nah, and start asking them questions and my kids would just tell them everything. Everything. I mean, let me tell you what daddy did. Let me tell you what. Daddy. I said, listen, no, no, no. Answer no questions stand right here. Right here. Because ah, they just, Ugh. here it is. Let me tell you what dad did. <laughs> no, the preacher wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I, he, that's what he did. Hey, and kids are Im- influenced by us. Our own kids are influenced by us. Church kids are influenced by us. If you work in the public school, those kids are influenced by you. And they're watching you like hawks. People are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Your co-workers are watching you. We had this older man that worked at Apex Business Forms where I worked when I was in school for a little while. We called it the cesspool of iniquity. That's what we, several of us college students worked there. I mean, it was a pit. It was terrible. I mean, the stuff that went on was terrible in there. And I'm here to tell you, some of us college students started working there, and we begin to have an influence. We wouldn't go in the break room. We'd never went in the break room. We ate over by the you know, we ate in the warehouse or we ate, ate by one of our machines because it was so. They would be so raunchy in the in the in the um, break room. We just we just wouldn't go around it. We wouldn't be around it. We weren't trying to be holier than thou. We were just trying to be careful. And so they'd go to talk to us about something, and we just wouldn't, wouldn't talk about it. And you and you don't you don't you don't, you, don't, you don't drink. You don't you don't go to you don't do this. You don't go to bars. You don't go. To, what, what's wrong with you? Well, it wasn't long. Before we would walk into the break room, and one of the guys would say, That's enough. Just quit. Yep. Not while they're in here. That's just that's disrespectful. Somebody'd say something, and they'd chew up one side down the other. They just said the word 10 minutes ago, but they didn't say it in front of us. And I'm telling you, they were watching, and this older man, he's such a kind man, he ended up getting cancer. He never, ever went to one of the other guys. He started coming and talking to us Trinity grads. He ended up coming to the church. He ended up getting saved. He ended up getting baptized right before he passed away. Sweet, sweet man. I'm here, I'm here to tell you you have influence. You may not know it, but you have it. And it takes years to build it, it takes a moment to destroy it. Just a moment. One word, one action. And everything that you built with your neighbor, with your coworker, with a child, with whatever, can be broken with one. That's why we have to be so, so careful with the responsibility God has given us, the blessing that God has blessed us with. As he's blessed us, we're responsible to represent him well. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Not by good works, but we're saved unto good works so that we might do good works, that we might be a good, great ambassador for Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our heads are bowed this morning, our eyes are closed. Number one question I'm telling you, the number one question always is the same Are you saved? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? I don't know how much time that we have left. I know that often, I know I do this, and I'm sure you do this as well. I put off what I could do today, I put off till tomorrow.